Hey everybody out in Property Profits land, this is Dave DeBow with another episode coming at you. And have you ever wondered how or what are the best ways these days to find motivated sellers, especially for single family homes? Well, today's guest, Mr. Mike Simmons, is going to be talking to us all about that. Mike's got a ton of experience with this. He's been investing since 2008. You name it, he's done it when it comes to single family homes. And he's got his own podcast, amongst other things. So the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. It's my pleasure to have Mr. Mike Simmons on the episode today. So how are you doing today, Mike? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the nice intro and I'm excited. I'm excited too, because we're talking about something that mm -hmm. I absolutely love nerding out about. <laughs> Not me only too. real estate, but marketing. And when we can combine the two of those, yeah. it is a marriage made in heaven for us. Yep. marketing nerd. So Mike, why don't you, let's just jump right in if you don't mind, my friend. At the time we're recording this, we're late summer 2022. Things are going a little bit crazy with markets, with interest rates, with inflation, with the big R recession on top of everybody's mind. When I hear all of that stuff, that actually makes me a little bit excited when it comes to especially single family homes. What are your thoughts on that? What do you see yeah. in your murky crystal ball as being some of the opportunities coming down the pipeline? Well, like you, I interview people on my on my podcast, and I'm lucky enough and fortunate enough to be able to have some pretty heavy hitters on my show who are whose only mission in life is to understand what's going on, what's going to happen, what should happen. And I've talked to some of the smartest guys in the industry. And sometimes and, they're right. And sometimes <laughs> they're right. But I'll tell you what, the ones that I've talked to they'll they'll say you know we just don't know for sure right there's there's nobody knows for sure if we all knew for sure what was happening all the time nobody would ever lose money right but here's my thinking i'm with you when i hear market shift when i hear recessions and inflation and all these things i usually think opposite of what the media will lead us to believe that things you know that it's just rome is burning i think it's always an awesome opportunity for investors when those things happen well, there's tons um, but, of opportunity when Rome is burning too. I mean, yeah. that's that's just the reality. But anyhow, hundred yeah. percent, and and it is burning for some people, maybe in certain cases. But here's the thing: I, I was just giving a talk last week, and and I said this, and I say it all the time. To me, the market, whether you're talking about real estate or the economy, but specifically the real estate market, it's a little bit like I think of it like the weather, right? Some people like to snow board or or snow ski, right? Some people love that. They, they want to go up into the mountains and snow ski. Some people like to water ski and they want to be on the beach, right? And so if I ask 10 people, how's the weather? If it's freezing cold out and snowing, some people will say it's great. It's great weather because they want to snow ski. Other people will say, oh, it's awful because they want to water ski, right? right? And so the real estate market is the same to me. When someone asks me, how's the market? How's the real estate market? My answer is always the same. It's great because I just changed my activity from snow skiing to water skiing and water skiing to snow skiing based on what's going on in the market, right? It's never bad. The market doesn't have a feeling. It's not out to get you. It doesn't, it's not good or bad, right? It just is what it is. And if you adjust your approach, adjust your model a little bit, if necessary, to accommodate what's happening in the market, it can always be great. I know people that have been in real estate far longer than I have. I know you were in real estate, I think maybe about maybe 10 years earlier, eight years earlier than me, something like that. 2003. You, yep. Yeah. You've been through market cycles, right? Is there yep. a market cycle you've seen where it's impossible to make money as a real estate investor? 
only if you're stuck with one particular strategy. Yes, and, correct. Yeah, if you don't change, right? There's that book, that famous book, Who Moved My Cheese? If you move where the cheese is, you'll be fine. It's the people who who put their head in the sand, they don't pay attention, they don't read the mile markers, and they just keep doing the same thing, and it doesn't always work in every market cycle. So you have to change. But the market's great now. It'll be great in a year. It'll be great in 20 years. It's Perfect. always great. So, Mike, let's dive into the whole marketing side of things. Yep. There's deals to be had. How are you these days in the today's current environment, how are you generating leads for your I buy houses side of your business? Yeah. So for the last seven years, specifically seven, eight years, direct mail has been the workhorse for me. Beautiful. It's a, it's it's crazy to me that it still works in 2022. I get it. It sounds antiquated, but it simply does work. And some of it has to do with the demographics of the folks that we're trying to reach. But it works. And, you know, again, long discussion about this with a lot of people. People ask postcards or letters, right? It's that's like the big thing. Do I use postcards or letters? Well, actually, I'm gonna I, back up. Sure. Who are you going after? What kind of deals you're looking yep. for in the first place? Because that's, yep. that's job number one. <laughs> let's yep. let's define there's, our there's, target market. Certainly. There's two there's a couple of routes you can go here. You can go kind of broad or you can go a little bit more niche, right? I tend to go broad with my marketing. I like to market to people with equity. If you have equity, I can help you in a variety of ways. If you don't, it narrows my my ability to help you a little bit. I still can, but I so I go straight for equity and age, to be perfectly frank. Yeah. I want people who have at least 50% equity and they're over the age of 40. That that's my bread and butter. And and we do that all the time. Now, and so that's why marketing. Are you focusing on one particular market area or you you spread out across a, a lot? So just to give me yeah. some. Yeah. So I'm I, I live in Michigan. I've gone outside of Michigan, but I'm currently focused completely in Michigan. Southeast Michigan is a huge market and yeah. I've and I can go much deeper than I'm going. It's a huge, huge market. But within anybody's market, I think it's important to understand we talk in real estate a lot about A, B, C, D neighborhoods, right? Like really great, really bad. I really believe that the money is in in that BC area, right? You can buy the D, and and but a lot of people it's going to turn them off. It's a little bit more maybe more dangerous crime, things like that. The A neighborhoods are great when you can get them, but it's hard to make your living on all A neighborhoods. Right. And so I dabble. Maybe fifteen percent of my marketing goes to A, fifteen to to D, and the rest of it is in that like BC neighborhoods, right? The first time home buyers, people who are downsizing. It's just that meaty part of our market. And that's where I do most of my marketing. So we're going after people that are 40 plus and they've got at least 50% equity in their property. So yep. in the and you're in a big, big market. So when you're generating lists and things like that, how many how many people does that kind of represent in the area that you're focusing on? More than I can mail to, right? Yeah, so, exactly. so, so how do you narrow so, that down? Yeah, I do it geographically. So some people will say, well, just change your your strategy to go anybody over the age of 60 and anybody who has at least 70% equity. I don't change I don't change the filters when I'm looking for a list. I change the geographic footprint. I grow it if I need more people and I, I shrink it if I need less people. That way, when it comes to an equity list, that list stays relevant much, much longer than a niche list, right? Equity moves at a snail's pace usually. So, so what, for people that aren't aware of it, what would you consider to be a, a niche list or a niche list? Divorce, probate, right. code violations, you know, those kind of things. Pre-foreclosure type stuff. Pre-foreclosure, exactly. It turns around a lot faster. Yep. Things that have sort of a shelf life, a shorter shelf life. Equity, right. you know, if somebody has 50% equity in their house in a year from now, they'll have 52%, right? Or 53%. It's right. not going to be dramatic, right? And so we can keep those lists a lot longer. And so by changing 
Keeping the filters always the same and changing your footprint, if you have to grow or shrink, the list you got last year is still very usable and very relevant right. this year. You can just add to it, right? You can just keep adding on as you yeah. grow. And that's exactly what I did. So it's kind of, it's an evergreen kind of a thing because typically, you know, people moving, downsizing, upsizing, that kind of, that's going to probably take out 10 to 15% of your list a year, yep. but you're replacing that with new folks that are coming in. Cool. Yep. So you've been doing this for a long time, Mike. Can you give us an idea of, you know, and I know you teach and train people about this. What does your size of your list that you're consistently mailing out to look like? And what do you consider to be kind of like the minimum viable list size mm. for, for this to be worth worthwhile for people to focus on? Yeah, our list fluctuates depending on how much we're sending between 100 and 150,000 is is what our list consists of. That's so we're setting up quite a bit. It's a big list, yeah. but it's not I mean, I could have a million on there if I got everyone in Southeast Michigan, right? Like yeah. that's a big market like you said. I think the minimum viable, it's so hard to to say, but I know terrible answer is it depends. So I won't say it depends. I usually tell people if I don't have, if we don't have data to look, data is always the best indicator. Right. But if I had to just throw a dart and say, what does it take? What would I do if I was moving into any market? What size list would I want to be mailing to? I tell people to shoot for between three and five throughout three and five thousand mailers per month Got minimum. It. Right. Five now, are, is great. Are you doing the hundred hundred K plus per month? Is that what you're No, 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 no. I have a I have a total list of like a hundred and to hundred and fifty thousand. And yeah. so we're going between thirty and fifty thousand a month, something okay. like that. Very good. Wow, that's another fantastic idea. Hold on to that thought for a sec. We'll be right back. Now, are you a real estate investor who's run out of cash or credit to grow your portfolio? Are you looking to grow your portfolio using other people's money and raising capital? Well, I want to show you how to raise six figures or more in six weeks or less at my upcoming Investor Attraction Workshop. You can get your ticket and find out all about it at InvestorAttractionWorkshop.com. We're going to spend a full day taking a deep dive into this roadmap that I've used to raise millions for my deals, and I've helped other people just like you cumulatively raise hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars for their deals as well. So again, you can check that out at InvestorAttractionWorkshop.com. And as a loyal listener to the podcast, you'll get 50% off your ticket when you use the discount code podcast. That's right. Discount code podcast at InvestorAttractionWorkshop.com. See you at the next workshop. And so I interrupted you. I'm sorry, just because I, I get so excited about this kind of stuff. But <laughs> so you, you were teasing us, which should we be doing postcards or letters? I've got my best guess, but I don't want to. I don't want to okay. say it. I just, I want to see if I'm right. <laughs> well, you know, there is no right or wrong, but I'll tell you, I'm pretty passionate about this. Yeah. And I, and I have a definite answer that I will, I will defend. I believe with all my heart and I've, I just went back into the math. I, I have now spent in the last seven years over a million dollars on mail. I believe okay? it. Yeah. So I've done a lot of testing. Marketing depends largely. The biggest factor is timing. So if I send you a, a letter, a postcard, any sort of mail piece, right? And it's beautiful. The copy is beautiful. There's a picture of me and my wife and my kids. And it just, it's, it speaks to you. It's just the best marketing piece ever written, but you are just not selling your house under any circumstances. It's going to go right in the garbage. Right. Flip side of that is I send you the, the worst poorly written card that just says, I want to buy your house for cash. Call me. We'll close quickly. And you desperately need to sell, you will call me, right? right? And so, if we accept that premise that maybe the quality of the of the message is less important than the timing, 
Then frequency matters. We know that, right? We want to hit people when it's the time for them to sell. And if frequency matters, then we want to go to the cheaper option. And so for letters and postcards, it's postcards for me. I would rather hit you twice as often than pay twice as much for my piece and mail you half as often, right? If that makes sense. I think timing is everything. Yeah. Timing is everything. That makes complete sense. And I would have guessed wrong. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people go letters. I've never seen a difference in my response, but I know for a fact that I can send more postcards because there's always a budget. The the way you've explained it makes 100% sense because, yeah, what what I'm forgetting is not everybody that you're mailing to, in fact, the vast majority of the people that you're mailing to don't give a crap and are not anywhere near ready to sell their property. So frequency is much more important than having that perfectly crafted message, which, you know, 99 times out of a hundred is going to go directly into the, into the garbage can. And anyhow, so I'd rather, I agree with you hundred percent there. I'd rather be able to send twice as often so that you're landing on that, that prime prospects doorstep or their mailbox exactly when they need to see that or they they're ready to see that so i would have got that one wrong there mike so thanks for clarifying that with me (laughs) makes sense so now when it comes to postcards there's tons of different options are you using a standard postcard oversized postcard cheapo ones full color ones what what's kind of floating your boat good question it's a good question this is a very common question i get i use a standard size postcard i used to use oversized saw no difference in my responses i definitely don't use full color here's what i have found here's the counterintuitive point that i'll make this is this is the gold bomb nugget that people are going to get wrong because it's counterintuitive yeah and i've tested this i promise you i'm right just trust me the postcard that has the full color graphic on the front of a house with a bucket of money or a hand holding a bunch of money or even just a full color anything right full color versus the very basic even black and white or yellow card with black writing whatever basic message i want to buy your house i can close quickly no closing costs all that the basic casual postcard will outperform the highly produced professional i'm doing air quotes professional postcard every time and I and it almost never fails to work that way. And it's counterintuitive. People think higher production value will take give me more credibility. And and by the way, don't don't use a name like Home Buyers USA. It just sounds like a big corporate evil thing, right? It's like my my website is Mike buys houses for cash. That's it. And my postcard refers to me as Mike, right? It's not even my last name is just Mike. It has to feel personal. People want to sell their house to a person. They do not want to sell it to a company. Companies screw you over and people are, are wary of that. And it's a bad feeling right off the get-go if you sound overly corporate or like you're a nationwide. People think they want to do because it makes them sound more impressive. It doesn't. It makes you sound shady, frankly. I love that, Mike. Now, that one I would have guessed right. <laughs> that That takes me back to the day when I was doing my I buy houses business way back in 03 to 05. And I, I did the postcards. And yeah, the ones that worked best for me were butt ugly, standard size ones, bright, obnoxious yellow, bright, obnoxious orange with black printing on them. It yep. worked. And I'm sure you're doing a slightly nicer version than that. But it doesn't need to be, right? It, it's It's a matter of landing on the right doorstep at the right time when that person is ready to look at that message. And then that consistency and, and understanding that 99 times out of 100, people are going to chuck them in the garbage because they aren't ready or needing your service at this particular time. But again, that's why 
the volume is so important. So I, I love what you said there, three to 5,000. So give us an idea, Mike, because you, you've been doing this for so long and you got it dialed in. You're sending out, did you say 30 to 40,000 a month? Is, is that Something what you like said? that, yeah. Yep. So what does that translate into as far as phone calls or inquiries, give or take, big picture? Yeah, big picture. So we usually get about, boy, I, I'm I'm a little bit removed from this now. I don't handle the incoming call team. But I think that usually nets us about, I don't know, 15 calls, 15 to 20 calls a day, something like that. A day. It's not crazy. Okay. It's no, not insane. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So over, it's not over bad. the course of a month. 15 times 30, that's significant. You're getting yeah. 400, 500 inquiries yep. a month yep. from sending out that volume. So, okay, that gives people yep. a vague idea. So, again, if you're doing the three to 5,000, like you mentioned at the beginning there, there, Mike, so that's probably going to translate into a tenth of that. Yeah. Yeah. What, 30 to 40 type inquiries a month? Yeah, yeah, something like that exactly. Right? Yeah, 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 that's that's about right. And and by the way, if you send out, you know, 3000 cards in the first month and you get five phone calls, you may have to ramp that up, right? Data will start telling you what you need to do. Or if if you send out 5000 cards and your phone melts because you're just getting so many calls, maybe yeah. you can dial it back. Maybe you don't need that many, right? It's just a, it's a market, it's a starting point. How much point. competition you've got now for sure. on the the direct mail. Yeah, I can tell you if you're in Southern California, you're probably not going to get a lot of calls, right? You have, you may have to have a little more firepower than that. Yeah, most definitely. Oh, that is that is fascinating. So is this kind of the the workhorse and the cornerstone of of your marketing these days, Mike? Yeah. Is still the good old good old fashioned direct mail? Not yes. Not only is it that I tell you, I know a lot of very successful real estate investors in the single family market. And if you were to pull them all aside privately and ask them where where have you gotten the most deals over the last five years? All of them will tell you direct mail. They, they do other things and so do I. I have other marketing channels, but direct mail consistently brings in the deals for most of the investors I know. Well, and I'm going to say if you do it consistently, right? Because so many 100%. people are hit and miss with all of their marketing, but especially yep. with the direct mail, they yes. they come out, they, they try sending out three to four to 5,000. Chances are <laughs> they screwed up and they went too glitzy, too corporate too yes. fancy schmancy and yep. and they think it doesn't work when they just haven't done it right or they 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 just don't do it often enough and that's yep that's why they give up on it if i could suggest i i tell people usually that you want to have at least a four to six month run straight no, no breaks right like it, it might take a few months but the people who start and stop like you said i did it for a month and i stopped for two months i did it again may never work you really need that kind of like six month runway so figure out what you can do your budget and all that and do it for six months and and don't stop doing it it doesn't mean you can't tweak the message a little make make some adjustments but don't stop it's all marketing's consistency in my opinion but direct mail is certainly no exception now, for the folks that haven't got very much experience with this, let's say they've got a small budget. And give me an idea, because I haven't done this for a while, Mike, and I do it. I did it back up here in Canada, not the States, so I, I have mm -hmm. no clue. What's it costing on average per thousand to send out these postcards, give or take? I understand you're doing it huge, so you've got massive. Yeah, volume certainly best. makes a difference. Yeah, I, I would say around around 40 to 45 cents. Okay, so if per you're card, saying, per card. I'm sorry, per card. I apologize. Yeah, when you're doing a thousand at a time, right? Yeah. At a thousand, it's around forty to forty-five cents. All right, so give or take, and is that including printing and everything? That's, that's yeah, printing, like, mailing, everything. Yeah, okay, yeah, everything. So for easy numbers, let's say it's fifty cents. You're sending out four thousand, so that'd be two grand, give or take. Yep. You'd have to be, yep. and then you'd be doing this at least for four to six months. Mm -hmm. You got to have that that bandwidth. 
Yes. And then here's the other mistake I can see people potentially making. And who knows, maybe I've got this wrong. So if that's somebody's budget, are you suggesting that they send out the same card or similar messaging? Well, let's ask, ask that question. Are we sending out to the same group of people month after month after month? Or are we varying that? And are we sending out the exact same card month after month after month? Or are you varying that? Yeah, great question. So I found that the best frequency or the best rhythm is to send. Let's so let's just use the the five thousand mark, right? We're going to send sure. out five thousand a month. Yeah. I think your list should be ten thousand is optimal, right? So you, in other words, you're hitting the same person every other month. We oh, said frequency okay. means everything. So if you just keep changing your list and sending it to new list every month, you're not getting that frequency. You're kind of defeating the purpose. So if I'm sending out five thousand a month for six months, I want to a 10,000 person list and I'm just first month, first 5,000, next month, the next 5,000. That's exactly what I'm doing. Now, as far as the card itself goes, I really suggest you send the same card. However, here's the caveat. Because you're right, people will make mistake the first time out. They won't have the right card. They won't have the right message. And so if you send out 5,000 cards and it's just crickets, right? First of all, make sure it actually went out. Make sure the drop happened, right? And number two, don't be afraid to tweak the message the next month, if it's the first month, but you can't stop. And I wouldn't wholesale change the card. I would tweak it, right? Assuming that you put a little time and effort into the first one, I would tweak it. And whenever you tweak your card... Make sure you didn't misspell your website. Yeah, 100%. Or your phone number's right. All those kind of things. But that being said, I don't... If you're going to change your card... I mean, we could go so far into this, man. But if you're going to change your card, assuming you did a pretty good job on everything, less is more. I would would eliminate more than I would add. You can change, but eliminate. So the the simpler the card, usually the better. Bigger fonts, more open space, because these things are being read. And if you don't get your message across and make what you're trying to tell them very apparent to them in like two seconds... They're standing over the garbage. It's going in the garbage, right? Mm-hmm. So don't add more. Don't overclutter it. Takes takes them away. Simplify it a little bit and see if that works. Fantastic advice, Mike. So I know you help people out with this kind of service. If people want to find out more about you, your services, your podcast, what what should they do? Sure. Thank you for that. By the way, you can go to my website. It's Mike Simmons. If you go there on the front page, there's a little button, get my free video course. I teach you how to do direct mail in a very simple to follow five video course. It's 100% free. Everything I've learned about direct mail over the last you know 14 years. So you can grab that and, and I encourage you to do it. Fantastic. Mike, we could nerd out here all day long. I'd love to. But <laughs> what I love even better is the idea of having you back and picking up where we left off somewhere down the line. So Same. Mike, I really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. All right, everybody, take care, and we'll see you on the next episode. Well, hey there. Thanks for tuning into the Property Profits Podcast. If you like this episode, that's great. Please go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. Give us a good review. That'd be awesome. I appreciate that. And if you're looking to attract investors and raise capital for your deals, then I'm going to invite you to get a complimentary copy of my newest book right back there. There it is. The Money Partner Formula. You can get a PDF version at InvestorAttractionBook.com. Again, InvestorAttractionBook.com. Take care.